Namaskar. A warm welcome to the World News and Indian Perspective on All India Radio. This is Anita Anand and with me is Reshma Tiwari bringing glimpses of the major developments of the day from across the globe. Over the next half an hour we shall bring you the latest from the world of politics, economy, sports, entertainment and more. The headlines India's health ministry says country witnessing continuous decline in the number of active cases of covid-19 and further improvement in recovery rate government of india provides over 23000 additional vials of emphotericin b to states and union territories to check rising number of black fungus cases us president joe biden and his south korean counterpart moon jae in stress on need to engage north korea in dialogue urgently Bangladesh extends the closure of land border with India for passenger movement till May 31st. In Nepal, opposition parties decide to take political and legal actions against the dissolution of the House of Representatives by President Bidya Devi Bhandari. Cyclonic storm Yas over east central Bay of Bengal likely to intensify into a very severe cyclonic storm. Cabinet Secretary Rajiv Gauba holds meeting to review preparedness of central and state agencies and in hockey Narendra Batrari elected as FIH president for second term. As the number of covid cases is on the rise we appeal to our listeners not to lower the guard follow all precautions and all those who have taken the first dose of covid-19 vaccine to get vaccinated with second dose at the scheduled time stay safe and protected by following these three simple steps wear a face mask maintain 2 gaz ki doori for social distancing and focus on hand and face hygiene and now the news in detail the union health ministry has said that india is registering a continuous decline in the number of active cases of covid-19 and a further improvement in the recovery rate in the past 20 days addressing the media joint secretary in the health ministry lav agarwal said that the number of active cases has now come down to 11.12% from 17.13% while the recovery rate has improved to 87.76% from 81.7% on 3rd of may He said so far more than 2 crore 30 lakh people have recovered from the infection. He said for the last 9 days the recovered cases have exceeded the active cases and called it a very positive trend. He added that there are 22 states in the country where the recovered cases are more than the daily reported cases. Mr Agrawal said the continuous efforts of containment at the field level has led to decrease in the positivity rate. He said testing has been ramped up and more than 20 lakh daily tests have been conducted for four successive days. During the last 24 hours the highest ever more than 20 lakh 66000 tests for COVID-19 have been conducted. Mr Agrawal cautioned the people not to lower the guard after being vaccinated and must follow COVID appropriate behavior. He also stressed on the need to enhance the health infrastructure in rural and semi-urban areas to provide treatment to the affected persons. The joint secretary also informed that action has been taken to ramp up supply and availability of antifungal drug emphotericin B and five additional manufacturers have been given license to manufacture this drug within the country. He said states have also been advised towards the need for infection prevention and control to manage fungal infection in health facilities. 
The Chemical and Fertilizers Minister T.V. Sadhanand Gowda separately said that after a detailed review of rising number of cases of mucormycosis in various states, a total of 23,680 additional vials of amphotericin B have been allocated to all states and union territories. During the briefing, Niti Aayog member Dr. V.K. Paul said that in most parts of the country, the situation of pandemic is stabilizing and active cases are coming down. He reiterated the importance of following COVID-appropriate behavior to break the chain of transmission. India's health ministry on Saturday clarified that the World Health Organization, WHO, was yet to decide on allowing international travel for those vaccinated against COVID-19. Speaking to the media, Joint Secretary in the ministry, Mr. Lav Agrawal, said that there is no consensus so far and discussions are in process at the WHO. Mr. Agrawal's comments are come after several prominent media reports suggested that India's Indians vaccinated with the Bharat Biotech-developed co-vaccine COVID vaccination may not be allowed international travel. The WHO is considering the expression of interest submitted by co-vaccine currently. Union Minister of Information and Broadcasting, Mr. Prakash Javrikar, said that the process to put co-vaccine in the World Health Organization's list is underway and it has not taken any such decision of travel ban of people who have taken this vaccine. The Union Health Ministry has said that the incoming foreign aid to combat COVID-19 is being expeditiously dispatched to the states and union territories. The centre has been receiving international cooperation of COVID-19 relief medical supplies and equipment since 27th of last month from different countries and organisations. The ministry said 16,530 oxygen concentrators, around 16,000 oxygen cylinders, 19 oxygen generation plants, more than 11,000 ventilators and 6,60,000 remdesivir vials were dispatched so far through road and air. During the last two days, the major consignments were received from Qatar, Government of Wales, UK, Canada and Robert Bosch, Germany. Now let's take a look at the coronavirus updates from around the world. China has stepped up its vaccination rate with daily average inoculation of more than 10 million doses past week in response to local outbreaks of the disease. More than 450 million doses of COVID-19 vaccines have been administered in China so far, according to recent data from the National Health Commission. Meanwhile, a leading Chinese disease control expert has said that China's current COVID-19 vaccines are effective against the coronavirus variant first detected in India. The government of Bangladesh has extended the closure of the land border with India for the movement of passengers till May 31st. The decision has been taken in view of the COVID-19 situation in India. However, the movement of goods across borders will continue. The Bangladeshi citizens stranded in India will be allowed to come in through Benampol, Akhara, Budimari, Darshana, Heli and Sona Masjid. American pharmaceutical company Pfizer and German company BioNTech pledged to deliver 2 billion doses of their COVID-19 vaccine to middle and low-income countries over the next 18 months amid international calls for more vaccine solidarity. In a first, the UK has launched a new clinical trial that will assess the efficacy of a third booster dose of seven different COVID-19 vaccines on patients' immune responses. The trial will assess COVID-19 vaccines of Oxford, AstraZeneca, Pfizer-BioNTech, Moderna, Novavax, Valneva, Janssen and CureVac. The trial named CovBoost 
aims to begin in June and recruit 3,000 people of all ages who had their first dose in December or January to test if this is worthwhile. Meanwhile, the UK government is leading a program to test sewage of, for traces of COVID-19 and has stamped up a genomic sequencing to help rapidly detect outbreaks of variants of concern. In a statement, the UK government said that wastewater sequencing is another tool to shield communities against the threat of new variants. The method eliminates the need to rely on individuals coming forward for swab tests. The monitoring in a catchment area is able to pinpoint outbreaks to smaller areas and neighborhoods. And in Sri Lanka, it has stopped all passenger trains and buses for four days as authorities imposed a new trial ban to curb the spread of the virus. The ban is effective from Friday night until Tuesday morning. This is All India Radio giving you the world news. Three steps to stay protected and stay safe from COVID-19. Wear face mask, do gaz ki duri to maintain social distancing, maintain hand and face hygiene. Welcome back to World News. The National Crisis Management Committee, NCMC, under the chairmanship of Cabinet Secretary Rajiv Gauba, met on Saturday to review the preparedness of central and state governments and agencies to deal with cyclonic storm Yas in the Bay of Bengal. Reviewing the preparedness of the central and state agencies, Mr. Gauba stressed that all measures should be taken in a timely manner so that loss of lives and destruction of property is minimized. Mr. Gauba also stressed that safety of COVID patients be ensured and destroyed of functioning of COVID hospitals and centers avoided. Director General of the India Meteorological Department, IMD, briefed that the cyclone, which is expected to reach the West Bengal and adjoining northern Odisha coasts by Wednesday evening, with wind speeds ranging from 155 to 165 kilometers per hour, accompanied by heavy rainfall and storm surges in the coastal districts of these states. The opposition Nepali Congress has decided to take political and legal actions against the dissolution of the House of Representatives by President Bidya Devi Bhandari, accusing her and Prime Minister K.P. Sharma Oli of misusing the constitution for their benefit. President Bhandari dissolved the 275-member House and announced mid-term polls on 12th and 19th of November after she determined that both embattled Prime Minister Oli and the opposition alliance's candidate Sher Bahadur Dev were not in a position to form a government. Bhandari's announcement came after Prime Minister Oli recommended the dissolution of the House of Representatives following an emergency midnight cabinet meeting. Meanwhile, the opposition is likely to contemplate legal and political strategies in response to the Prime Minister and the President's second attempt at dissolving the House and calling snap polls. Last year, on 20th December, President Bhandari had dissolved Parliament, but later it was reinstated by the Supreme Court in February. In today's Hotspot section, we are bringing you a discussion on the political developments in Nepal. In conversation are Mr. Ashok Sajanhar, former diplomat, and Simran Sodhi, journalist. So today we are discussing the recent development in Nepal where today we had the president of Nepal who dissolved the House of Representatives and announced midterm polls which will be held on November 12th and 19th after she was convinced that both the present Prime Minister K.P. Sharma Oli and the opposition were not in a position to form a government. 
Ambassador Sajjanahar, how do you see this latest development in Nepal also given the fact that we have seen this political instability and the political crisis in Nepal now extending from almost December of last year and this seems to be the latest episode in this political instability? Yes, you're right, uh, Simran, that uh, the crisis uh, started possibly one could say on 20th of December when the parliament was uh, first uh, dissolved by the order of president of Nepal. But in fact, the crisis had been going on for quite some time before that also. Because since the time that COVID-19 pandemic came and uh, there was unrest within the Communist Party of Nepal, particularly as far as the co-chair, the other co-chair of the party, that is uh, Pushp Kamal Dahal or Prachanda is concerned, they were, his uh, supporters and followers were charging that the Prime Minister K.P. Sharma Oli had not been able to deal effectively with the crisis and uh, they wanted to express uh, no confidence against the Prime Minister. And it was uh, that a no confidence motion was presented in the parliament that uh, K.P. Sharma Oli dissolved the parliament. After that, of course, we know that uh, the Supreme Court uh, stepped into the picture. There were about uh, eight petitions that were given uh, to the, that were submitted to the Supreme Court saying that uh, the action of dissolution of the parliament is against ultraviolence the constitutional provisions. And in February, the Supreme Court agreed with that and said that uh, the parliament should be reinstated. It was done. And uh, we saw that on the 10th of uh, May, the Prime Minister K.P. Sharma Oli, he tried to prove his majority. He was uh, unsuccessful. He was uh, voted out. And then uh, an opportunity was provided by the President to the opposition, Nepali Congress led by Sher Bahadur Daiba. He was given uh, about four days last Thursday. He was given time uh, till evening. But he was also not able to rustle the enough numbers to prove his majority. As a result of that, last Friday, it was uh, K.P. Sharma Oli who was again given the oath of Prime Minister as an interim Prime Minister, as a minority Prime Minister, and he was asked to prove his majority within 30 days. Now, late last night, uh, Prime Minister Oli, he had a meeting of his cabinet. The cabinet decided to recommend to the president, Vidya uh, Devi Bhandari, that uh, the parliament should be dissolved. And so late last night and early today morning, that was the notification that was issued by the president's office that on the recommendations of the cabinet, the parliament is being dissolved. So this is uh, going to be taken up once again to the Supreme Court because, uh, again, opposition parties as well as Madhav Kumar Nepal, who is also a, a member of the Communist Party of Nepal, unified Marxist-Leninist, he has also joined the opposition. So all these leaders, they have said that they are going to approach the parliament and this of course, includes the Communist Party of Nepal, Maoist Center. The leader is Prachand or Pushkumar Dahal. Of course, the Nepali Congress, uh, led by Sher Bahadur Daiba, the chairperson of the Janta Samajbadi Party, that is Upendra Yadav, and the vice chairman of Rashtriya Janmorcha, that is Durga Podil. So all of them have announced that they are going to approach uh, the Supreme Court. It is very likely, as in the past, the... The Supreme Court might say that this is a move which is 
against the constitution and the parliament might be brought back again into existence but so far the situation is that uh, it is playing out uh, according to the game plan that uh, kp sharma oni and president vidya devi bhandari had in mind because this is exactly what they had done on the 20th of december the elections were to be held on uh, in april but then uh, because of the decision of the parliament the elections could not take place now the elections scheduled to take place in november as you mentioned master sarsanath as you explained in detail and we see this crisis unfolding in nepal we also have another cause of worry and that is that if the elections are held in november or they are held sometime this is also a time when nepal and we see the region facing the corona pandemic and we also saw that kp sharma oli recently lamented that india hasn't sent them the promised consignment of the vaccines and he is of course as always playing his own politics how do you see this corona pandemic then feeding into this political instability of nepal this is a big problem as i have mentioned uh, simran earlier also that this was one of the most important elements that of uh, criticism against the prime ministership of uh, kp sharma oli it is uh, his uh, opposition in the parliament as also in his own party who charged that uh, he was not giving adequate attention and not taking effective action against the spread of uh, covid-19 for instance uh, but uh, this uh, issue has become much worse uh, over recent months for instance if uh, we were to take the number of cases they have increased from uh, 300 that was uh, in april to about 9000 today in these days per day so there is an increase of about 3000% and the number of uh, positive cases is about 44% so while in april uh, there used to be daily deaths uh, used to count up to 5 these days it is about 174 deaths that are taking place so in this country which uh, the population is not all that large it's just about 29 30 million but uh, the healthcare system is very fragile there are hardly any beds any doctors any hospital beds any icu beds any ventilators any ppe kits or masks india had of course last year supplied uh, many of these items ppe kits and ventilators and masks to nepal and also when we started our own uh, vaccine drive then we had uh, provided 15 million doses of the vaccine to uh, nepal on the 21st of january so but all that has been uh, used up uh, now by nepal and so it needs more india at this moment cannot uh, supply more to it so it is getting these uh, supplies from of various uh, medicines and vaccines also from the united states from european union uh, from different countries of uh, europe but uh, this is an issue that is uh, likely to uh, get uh, worse as we go along and what uh, prime minister oli has been busy doing is holding huge rallies where uh, the covid appropriate behavior is uh, not observed the opposition has also been holding uh, rallies uh, to bring up uh, to drum up support for themselves but of course their rallies have not been as large as that of uh, prime minister kp sharma oli the vaccines we supplied to nepal were 1.5 million on the 21st and all of them have been 
been used up. But going forward, this is going to be a big challenge as far as uh, Nepal is concerned because this is uh, likely to spread uh, to different tier two cities and also to the rural areas. Ambassador Nepal, we've also seen that when we talk of Nepal, we also have to sometimes talk about China. And we've seen that in the recent years and in the recent decades, the Chinese footprint in Nepal has really grown. If we look at the large-scale investments, the pledges, particularly in energy and infrastructure and connectivity sectors, there seems to be an enhanced political influence and also Nepal's own subscription to China's ambitious Belt and Road Initiative. How do you think India should go ahead as it seeks to balance out the Chinese influence in Nepal and also that India does not want to interfere in what is essentially an internal matter of Nepal. China, of course, has been very active in Nepal. But uh, I think there is a huge difference if we were to look at relations between India and Nepal and relations between China and Nepal. Because uh, China is a new entrant as far as uh, Nepal is concerned. It has uh, several interests in uh, Nepal. The first, uh, of course, would be that there is a very significant Tibetan uh, population in Nepal. And uh, China has always been uh, rather wary and anxious about the behavior of the Tibetan population in the Tibet Autonomous Region. Of course, they have been quite peaceful. It has been, the region has been quite stable for quite some time, but China always is concerned and worried. So it wants to reach out to Nepal so that the Tibetan population in Nepal uh, does not join up uh, with the, the Tibetans in TAR so as to create problems and difficulties for China. The second, of course, is that it wants to, in a manner of uh, speaking, uh, create a string of pearls around India. So its neighboring countries, India's neighbors, it would like to reach out to them so that uh, the influence and the very special ties and the relations that India has with these countries, that is reduced and its own influence and predominance in those countries increases. China would like to bring in railways and roadways into Nepal and bring them up to the Indian border. As far as Nepal is concerned, they would also like to take advantage and benefit of the investments coming in from China. As far as India is concerned, we have uh, very strong people-to-people contacts, and that is extremely important uh, for us. So we have seen even in the recent past, when Mr. Oli was trying to get uh, stoke some uh, hyper-nationalistic uh, sentiments and tendencies to strengthen his own positions. So India had uh, responded sternly to this. Ambassador Sajanar, as you pointed out that India has maintained that this is an internal matter of Nepal and we are also watching the situation unfold in Nepal. Would you concede the fact that what we see in Nepal today is essentially due to their own internal domestic politics. We have their own communist party not able to decide as to who the next leader should be. One, it is their own internal domestic fighting. And two, if there is an external factor today, we can safely assume that it is China because we've seen the Chinese envoy in Nepal being quite active in the domestic affairs of Nepal. You're very right. Uh, The Chinese envoy in Nepal has been uh, particularly active. She has been going around and uh, meeting 
meeting the president, uh, the prime minister, the foreign minister. In fact, when the crisis took place in Nepal, there was also a delegation that was sent by China to meet all the people, all the uh, stakeholders, all the senior functionaries, and try to bring them together. And they did come and they had meetings with all the people, and they thought that they would be able to pressurize them. In fact, uh, the unison, that is the coming together of uh, the Communist Party of Nepal, Unified Marxist Leninist, and the Communist Party of uh, Nepal, Maoist Center, their coming together in 2018 was also done by China. So that is the reason why. KP Sharma Oli's government, although his party had received only 121 uh, seats out of uh, 271 seats in the parliament. So Chinese uh, ambassador has been uh, trying there in Nepal, but she has not uh, been successful. And uh, the fact that uh, there has been this turmoil, this would not be to the liking of China. It is definitely not to the liking of India also, because we would like uh, stability in that country. We would like uh, tranquility in uh, that country, because then we can work with uh, the government as well as with the people. So we consider whatever is happening there to be the internal affair, to be the internal matter of Nepal, and we should continue to let it be like that. But in terms of our development cooperation, in terms of providing assistance and support, that should continue so that the people-to-people connect can stay as it is and get even further strengthened. And as Ambassador Sajanhar pointed out, this remains an internal matter of Nepal and India will continue to watch the developments. We will also continue to see how the political situation in Nepal develops over the next few weeks. With these thoughts, we bring today's discussion to an end. Thank you. Thank you. U.S. President Joe Biden and its South Korean counterpart Moon Jae-in have stressed upon the urgent need to engage North Korea in dialogue over its nuclear weapons program. At a joint news conference, Biden and Moon said the complete denuclearization of the Korean Peninsula is their goal. Biden said both U.S. and South Korea are deeply concerned about the situation. Biden said he would be willing to meet the North Korean leader under the right conditions, depending on if Kim agrees to discuss his nuclear program. The two leaders also discussed China and Taiwan. Moon said the United States and South Korea would combine capabilities to supply COVID-19 vaccines in the Indo-Pacific region. And in sports, Narendra Batra of India was on Saturday re-elected as the International Hockey Federation FIH president for the second term after beating Mark Coudron of Belgium by a slender margin of just two votes during the world body's virtual 47th Congress. Mr. Batra secured 63 votes against his rivals 61 to emerge winner during the online voting process in which 124 member associations participated. The FIH Congress was held virtually due to travel restrictions imposed in the wake of the ongoing pandemic. Now let's take a look at the major developments around the world as reported in the foreign press. The Guardian cites a study to report that 96% of Britons develop antibodies after one jab. As results show, Pfizer, BioNTech and Oxford AstraZeneca jabs are proving highly effective. Several leading international publications carried the headlines of Martha Koum being appointed as Kenya's first woman chief justice by President Kenyatta. 
Washington Post writes that the intense rivalry between Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos is now extending to the moon. Globe and the Mail writes that guided tours have now new appeal as travel lovers begin to imagine a return to adventure. And the Gulf Times reported that on China's Mars rover as the remote-controlled Chinese motorized rover drove down the ramp of a landing capsule on Saturday and onto the surface of the red planet. A quick look at the headlines once again. India's health ministry says country witnessing continuous decline in the number of active cases of COVID-19 and further improvement in recovery rate. Government of India provides over 23,000 additional vials of Enfotericin B to states and union territories to check rising number of black fungus cases. U.S. President Joe Biden and his South Korean counterpart Moon Jae-in stressed upon need to engage North Korea in dialogue urgently. Bangladesh extends the closure of land border with India for passenger movement till May 31st. In Nepal, opposition parties decide to take political and legal actions against the dissolution of the House of Representatives by President Vidya Devi Bhandari. Cyclonic storm Yas over East Central Bay of Bengal likely to intensify into very severe cyclonic storm. Cabinet Secretary Rajiv Gova holds meeting to review preparedness of central and state agencies. And in hockey, Narendra Bhatra re-elected as FIH President for second term. India is celebrating the 151st birth anniversary of Mahatma Gandhi. Before we end, let's listen to his favorite bhajan, Vaishnavyan, by artists from Mexico. we end this bulletin. We'll be back at the same time tomorrow with the next edition of World News.